Our Bible reading today comes from Hebrews chapter 7, verses 1 to 28. This Melchizedek was king of Salem and priest of God Most High. He met Abraham returning from the defeat of the kings and blessed him. And Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. First, the name Melchizedek means king of righteousness. Then also, king of Salem means king of peace. Without father or mother, without genealogy, without beginning of days or end of life, resembling the son of God, he remains a priest forever. Just think how great he was. Even the patriarch Abraham gave him a tenth of the plunder. Now the law requires the descendants of Levi who become priests to collect a tenth from the people. That is from their fellow Israelites, even though they also are descended from Abraham. This man, however, did not trace his descent from Levi, yet he collected a tenth from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises. And without doubt, the lesser is blessed by the greater. In the one case, the tenth is collected by people who die. But in the other case, by him who is declared to be living. One might even say that Levi, who collects the tenth, paid the tenth through Abraham. Because when Melchizedek met Abraham, Levi was still in the body of his ancestor. If perfection could have been attained through the Levitical priesthood, and indeed the law given to the people established that priesthood, why was there still need for another priest to come, one in the order of Melchizedek, not in the order of Aaron? For when the priesthood is changed, the law must be changed also. He of whom these things are said belonged to a different tribe, and no one from that tribe has ever served at the altar. For it is clear that our Lord descended from Judah, and in regard to that tribe, Moses said nothing about priests. And what we have said is even more clear if another priest like Melchizedek appears, one who has become a priest, not on the basis of a regulation as to his ancestry, but on the basis of the power of an indestructible life. For it is declared, you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. The former regulation is set aside because it was weak and useless, for the law made nothing perfect. And a better hope is introduced by which we draw near to God. And it was not without an oath. Others became priests without any oath, but he became a priest with an oath when God said to him, <coughs> the Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever. Because of this oath, Jesus has become the guarantor of a better covenant. Now there have been many of those priests since death prevented them from continuing in office. 
but because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him, because he always lives to intercede for them. Such a high priest truly meets our need, one who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted above the heavens. Unlike the other high priests, he does not need to offer sacrifices day after day, first for his own sins and then for the sins of the people. He sacrificed for their sins once for all when he offered himself. For the law appoints as high priests men in all their weakness, but the oath which came after the law appointed the son who has been made perfect forever. This is the word of the Lord. You need a great high priest today. Do you like puzzles? Word puzzles? Jigsaw puzzles? Number puzzles? A good drama on TV or at the movies? Do you like noticing clues and try to make sense of the bigger picture? Do you like gathering all the clues and evidence about current political issues, climate change, the voice to parliament, the current crises in education, health, urban planning, power supply. These are practical political puzzles of deep human significance which demand our attention. I was listening to a program on the Murray-Darling Basin the other day and they pointed out that the clue, they didn't use the word clues, but you need to think about the environment, farming, communities, and indigenous people. Well, if you like puzzles, you'll love Hebrews 7. Your heart will have thrilled as you hear it, heard it read. How on earth does this chapter fit into the Bible? It seems very remote. And how on earth does this chapter help us know more of the Lord Jesus Christ? And what practical difference does it make? Well, all the clues are there. We just need to see them. And I hope to show you four vital clues. So fasten your seatbelt, ignore your mobile phone, focus on the Bible passage, and hang on to your hat, Michael, <laughs> as we delve into the detail of this chapter and delve into the Old Testament. Let's find those four clues and solve the puzzle. We are about 2000 BC and Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine for Abraham. He was a priest of God Most High and he blessed Abraham. Then Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. 
Well, we already have three clues, would you believe? Isn't that amazing? First of all, Melchizedek was not a member of God's people, but feared and worshipped and served God, like Job. And he was, here's the first clue, a king and a priest. Now, among God's people, no king could be a priest and no priest could be a king. There was what we call a separation of powers. But alarmingly and surprisingly, Melchizedek was both a king and a priest. Verse 3 of Hebrews 7. He was a forever priest. In the Old Testament, he has no father or mother named, and you know in the Old Testament everybody has their ancestry mentioned. He is in the Old Testament, this is a literary statement, without beginning of days or end of life. And that literary feature of Melchizedek, the writer of Hebrews turns, in, turns into a theological, something of theological significance. That is, we never hear of his death, so he still remains a priest resembling the Son of God. He is a forever priest, at least in the Old Testament. First clue, he's a king and a priest. Second clue, he's a forever priest. Third clue, and this takes up verses 4 to 14 in Hebrews 7, he is greater than Abraham because he blessed Abraham and Abraham gave him gifts. Just think how great he was. Even the patriarch Abraham gave him a tenth of the plunder. Now, the law requires the descendants of Levi, that is the Jewish priests, who become priests to collect a tenth from the people, that is, their fellow Israelites, even though they also are descended from David. But this man, Melchizedek, did not trace his descent from Levi, yet he collected a tenth from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises. Without doubt, the lesser is blessed by the greater. So, Melchizedek is greater than Abraham. One might even say that, and here's a bit of imagination, one might even say that Levi, who collects the tenth, paid the tenth through Abraham. Because when Melchizedek met Abraham, Levi was still in the body of his ancestor. So uh, Melchizedek is greater than Abraham, so greater than the temple priests and the sacrifices. If perfection could have been attained through the Levitical priesthood, why was there still need for another priest to come, one in the order of Melchizedek, not in the order of Aaron? And the promise of that priest to come came uh, in the year 1000, roughly, when King David quoted God as saying in Psalm 110, the Lord has sworn you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Now, as a matter of fact, Psalm 110 is one of the most 
quote, is the most quoted psalm in the New Testament. And it contains two remarkable statements of God about the coming Messiah. The first one is, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. That is, the Messiah will be a king. And the second is, the Lord has sworn you're a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. That is, the Messiah will be a priest. So, the first clue is that Melchizedek is a king and a priest. The second, he's a forever priest. The third, that he is greater than Abraham. And the fourth, that the Lord swore in Psalm 110 that the Messiah would be a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Well, this sounds a bit complicated. But think of Christ in the order of Melchizedek describing who he was, a priest forever. And then Hebrews spends a lot of time talking about Christ as the high priest, as the high priest in the temple, the Jewish high priest. That describes what Jesus came to do on earth, that is, offer a sacrifice, but actually a sacrifice not of an animal, but of himself. And then the Melchizedek theme continues because earthly priests died, but Christ is a forever priest interceding for us. So, he is of the order of Melchizedek, that describes who he was. The work he came to do was the work of the Jewish high priest that is to offer a sacrifice, though in Jesus' case, it was a sacrifice of himself. But the Melchizedek theme continues because while the uh, priests in the temple died, Melchizedek is seen to live forever, at least in the story of the Old Testament. And God promised a forever priest the Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever. Verse 22 in Hebrews 7, because of this oath, Jesus has become the guarantor of a better covenant. Now, there have been many of those priests whose death prevented them from continuing in office, but because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. Well, I've often been asked the question, why God waited so long to send the Messiah? Why didn't the Messiah come as one of the, say, grandchildren of Adam and Eve? It would have saved a lot of trouble, wouldn't it? I mean, Things fall apart in one generation, another generation suffers, and then in the next generation, the Messiah arrives and bingo, everything is all right again. Why did God take such a long time? Well, that's to ask the question, why do we have the Old Testament actually? Because the Old Testament is a product of the long time of waiting, isn't it? 
And I think it is because God had so much to teach his people before they were ready to receive the Messiah. They had to learn that there was one God, creator, ruler and giver and provider and judge and saviour. And that this one God made a covenant of promise to his people. They had to learn not to worship other gods and that, that took them... Uh, <laughs> That took them uh, centuries to learn, but to love and serve him. But they also discovered during their life that they would fail again and again, but what God would keep on forgiving them and persist with them. They were called to be holy as God is holy, and God provided priests and sacrifices for their forgiveness and to have fellowship with them. And God would speak to them through Moses and all the prophets and through the teachers of wisdom. And then there was also the promise. One day God would come to them in person on the day of the Lord and they would have fellowship with him, serve him and enjoy him and the fallen creation would be restored. The Old Testament, you see, is a bit like primary school to prepare people God's people for the day of the Lord would God would send his Messiah, complete his revelation and fulfill all his promises. And it's a mistake to go to secondary school before you go to primary school. For the Old Testament history and Old Testament promises, God's words and his works all pointed forward to the coming of Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God. They were signs of the Christ to come. As Jesus himself said, the Old Testament scriptures witnessed about me, John 5:39. And as Paul wrote, all God's promises find their yes in Christ. 2 Corinthians 1.20. Now, as we know so well from reading the New Testament, when Christ actually came, many of God's people who knew their Old Testament scriptures did not recognize him as the Messiah. They did not see him as the yes to all promises, all the promises of God. And they rejected him, God's only son. So, how lovely it is to read in Luke's gospel of some who did welcome him. Do you remember when Mary and Joseph took Jesus to the temple? Simeon took the baby Jesus in his arms and praised God saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Imagine Simeon seeing a baby and recognizing the Messiah. And there was a prophet, Anna, in the temple, aged 84. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. And coming up to them, at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. 
how wonderful that some of God's people, when Jesus came, recognized who he was, what God was doing. Well, I notice, you know, that people who read the New Testament but don't know the Old Testament, that is, they go to secondary school before going to primary school, tend to misunderstand the New Testament because they have little option other than to attach it to their own culture, to make it answer their questions, rather than to see it as the fulfillment of Old Testament ideas, promises, hopes, and expectations. And people who don't know the Old Testament are often impatient for God to act. For we learn in the Old Testament it can take God 2,000 years to fulfill a promise. The God of the Old Testament is a God of long-term plans, certain promises and fulfillments that far exceed expectations. How wonderful to believe in a God who is like that and how hard it is to sustain long-term faith unless you do believe in a God like that. We find that kind of long-term faith so well described in Hebrews chapter 11. All those by faiths, here are some of them. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as an inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs of the same promise. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was unable to bear children because she considered him faithful who made the promise. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. They knew how to wait. They learnt how to wait. They learnt enduring faith. And dear sisters and brothers, we need to learn enduring faith, patient faith, confident faith, hopeful faith as well. Well now, many of us know what it's like to move to a new country, a different place, a different suburb. The further you move, the more you need to find people you need. 
people to sell you food, a doctor, a chemist, a mobile phone and computer shop, somewhere to buy clothes, somewhere to buy beauty, somewhere to buy shoes, petrol, somewhere to study or work, you need a church, you need a barista, and you may even need a barrister. Who else do you need? Well, the book of Hebrews tells us again and again, you need a great high priest today. As a matter of fact, a number of years ago, I was preaching on Hebrews in a church very like St. Jude's. And a young Michael Brown gave me a mug. I need a great high priest today. Well, you may know that you need God. You may know that you need the Holy Spirit. You may know that you need Jesus, the Savior, Jesus, the Shepherd, Jesus, the Lord, Jesus, the King. But do you know that every day you need Jesus as your high priest? You need a great high priest. And Jesus is the great high priest provided by God. Jesus is prophet, priest, and king, prophet to teach us, priest to forgive us and change us and bring us to God and king to rule us. Actually, everyone needs a priest. Everyone all around the world needs Jesus, the high priest appointed for us by God in the words, you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Why do you need a great high priest? Let's look at the last few verses of Hebrews chapter 7. Verse 24. But because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he's able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for us. Jesus, as priest, did offer a once-for-all sacrifice in our place. Hebrews 10.10, we've been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And you might think, well, that's enough. His, his death and resurrection, that was enough. We, we don't need him to be our high priest today. But actually, we do. Because as our high priest, he prays for us and is able to save completely those who come to God through him. For you need a high priest not just for your forgiveness, but for your preservation as a believer. You need a high priest not just as one who's offered a sacrifice years ago for your forgiveness, 
but as one who is every moment of every day and night praying for you, for your protection, for your safety, and for your transformation from one degree of glory to another. Other people may pray for us, thank God that they do, but there is one person whose prayers are vital to your continuing as a believer in him. He is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for him. What, what, what kind of prayers might Jesus pray? Well, uh, there are two prayers that Jesus prays for his people in John chapter 17, which I think are the kind of prayers he is praying for us. He prays for his disciples. Two prayers, protect them from the evil one and sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. You need a powerful prayer warrior praying for you that God your heavenly father would protect you from the evil one from Satan from the devil and you need someone who's a powerful prayer praying for your sanctification your transformation your daily growth turning away from sin and living a more righteous life, putting sin to death and seeing the fruit of the Spirit more and more evident in your life. You need a great high priest today to intercede for you, to pray for you, to sustain you by his prayers. You need a great high priest today to intercede for you as for all his disciples. As a matter of fact, you would not last a moment as a Christian without Christ's prayer for you. You would not last a moment as a Christian without Christ's prayer for you. As this universe would not last a moment if Christ did not sustain it by his powerful word, as we found in Hebrews chapter 1. Well, I was once teaching at a theological college, which I won't mention by name for uh, reasons of tact and discretion and for fear of being sued for libel or slander or one of those things. And uh, I asked the theological students in their second year, I might say, so these weren't just little nippers, they were mature students. What was Jesus doing between his ascension into heaven and his return? What do you think the answer was? Having a rest. Because he'd sent the Spirit to do all the work. Well, that's a nice thought. But actually, it contradicts what the Bible teaches about the Lord Jesus. For he is, even at this moment, keeping the universe together by his mighty power. And at this moment, at this very moment, he is praying for us to his heavenly Father. 
for by his constant and eternal intercession, he keeps us safe, protects us from our own internal evil, protects us from the evil of others and from Satan, and sanctifies us, makes us holy more and more in his own image. Christ, your high priest, prays for you when you are asleep and when you are awake. He is praying for you on good days and on bad days. He is praying for you when you are oppressed, when others hurt you, when you hurt yourself, when you are tempted, when you fall, when you fail, when you sin, when you despair, when your faith is cold and your life is empty. There is one who is praying for you. And this high priest, verse 26, surely meets, truly meets our need. He's holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted above the heavens. He's a glorious high priest, a powerful high priest, a glorious prayer, a powerful prayer. And he doesn't need to offer sacrifices day after day for his own sins, for he sacrificed for our sins once for all when he offered himself. For the law appoints as high priest men in all their weakness, but the oath that is God's promise, you are a priest forever, which came after the law appointed the son who has been perfected forever. That is, he's doing the work he came to do. Beloved friends, you need a great high priest appointed by God's solemn promise and word. If you think that you don't need a great high priest today, you are showing foolish ignorance, foolish pride, and foolish ingratitude. For how else can we come into the presence of our great God? How else dare we pray? As we read in Hebrews 10, Therefore, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God. Therefore, since we have confidence to enter by the blood of Jesus, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and the full assurance that faith brings. So the more confident we are that Jesus is even now our great high priest, the more confidence and assurance we will have as we come into God's presence to pray. We all need a great high priest today and every day. Each one of us needs a great high priest 
today and every day. You need a great high priest today. We're going to pray a prayer to the Lord Jesus, our great high priest. I'll pray a sentence and then would you please repeat the sentence as you pray it after me. Uh, would you stand please? So please say after me, Lord Jesus, we worship you as our great high priest. You offered yourself as a sacrifice for our sins once for all on the cross. You empathize with our weakness. You live forever to intercede for us at the Father's right hand. You are holy, pure, and blameless, and exalted above the heavens. We worship you as our great high priest. We praise you as our great high priest. We need you as our great high priest. We trust you as our great high priest. Through you we draw near to our great God and Father. We praise you now and forever. Amen.